Welcome to the Sons and Daughters podcast. I am your host, Arden Bevere, and I'm joined today with my beautiful mother, Lisa Bevere. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm excited you're here too, because today we are actually addressing a bigger topic, and that is the topic around abortion. Yeah. And and I do want to just say off from the beginning that this this is a topic that we know can be kind of, uh, it can be upsetting to some people. It can yeah, be uh, discomforting. It's, it's, it's not a neutral topic. Yeah, it's very, it's very personal to some people. And we want to just give you kind of that disclaimer from the beginning. But, you know, we know that we're not supposed to shy away from harder topics. And we want to show, you know, hey, what is what does the word of God really say around these situations? And we want to open up discussion because we don't want the world uh, or government or politics. We don't want that defining. We want the church defining. We want us as children of God being able to define uh, what the stance should be and what the conversation should be around abortion. And have a conversation that isn't people yelling at one yeah. another mm-hmm. and attacking one another and yep. shaming one another and judging one another yeah. and really actually having a conversation that really touches on a little bit deeper issues. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And I just actually want to start out by just kind of reading off statistics so that we can kind of set things up and that you guys know kind of the magnitude. I mean, if you don't already know the magnitude of what we're talking about, but um, in our generation, so adults under the age of 30, um, say 63% say abortions should be legal um, in all cases. So that's, that's, that's meaning that could be full term. That's wow. all the way up to, uh, uh, you know, nine months, basically. Um, and then a majority of adults in their 30s and 40s, so 59% are saying that as well. Uh, just 44% of young Americans say abortion goes against their personal beliefs compared to 60% of Americans over 65. Wow. Um, six, so hear this. 60 million, 60.1 million abortions have been performed since 19. 19- 1973 that I mean that's staggering to me that that just that boggles my mind I mean in my mind that isn't an, that's an entire generation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean 60 million abortions and so we just wanted to talk around this and just get the conversation going and I know this is a large topic but we really feel a burden on our hearts just within recent light of some events you know recently this uh, beginning of this year there was everything that happened in New York where the legalization of having abortion up into uh, pretty much your due date um, was finalized. And even in some cases after the baby was born. And so yeah, these which were, was, that was Virginia. That yeah. And Virginia. Yep. So I think that this conversation needs to happen because we, we love women, we love women and we want to respect women. Mm-hmm. We want to respect their bodies, but we want to talk about is abortion really the best thing for women? Is yeah. it really what's going to make them feel empowered? Is it going to make them feel safe? Is it going to make them feel good afterwards? And is it really a woman's right? And of course, of course, it's always your right to make a choice, but you yeah. want to make a choice where you are well informed and you have been able to weigh your decisions one way or the other. And um, I feel yeah. like the church hasn't done this well. No, and I, I really do believe that from what I have seen, it's been a lot of there's been a lot of condemnation around the topic and a lot of a lot of hurt and a lot of inability to actually talk about it. Uh, I mean, the shame that women sees, and that's not what we're trying to do. I mean, we want to come out from the very beginning. We're not if if you're someone who has maybe had an abortion or had a family member close to you, we're not trying to shame. We're just trying to have the conversation around it. And I think oftentimes what we see so much is there's two complete 
completely different sides that can just be fighting at each other, that can be arguing. But we want to have the conversation around what what is just what does the word of God say? And then also just have a conversation of what this actually looks like. What does it boil it down to? Is it is it, you know, is it men trying to stifle women's rights? What like what what's going on? Basically? Or trying to mess with people's bodies. Well, yeah. it, it's one of the things I used to get in trouble with for saying and I would still say it and I would still be willing to get in trouble with it is that the church cannot be pro-life yeah. only during election year. Yeah, it good. has to be pro-life always. It needs to be pro everybody's life and every stage of life and people it's really interesting uh they're okay with saying well i voted well voting isn't enough to be pro-life pro-life means that you're going to have to get messy you're going to have to you're going to have to help and you know it's interesting arden just two weeks ago I sat on a panel and there was five women on the panel, uh, amazing women, teachers, leaders in their sphere of life. And two of the five women on this, in this church panel had had abortions. Yeah. And the one woman described what she experienced. Uh, she had gone through, she had gotten pregnant by her ex-husband and he was actually married to somebody else and she already had a child she was a single mother and she found herself so ashamed of her choices and so she she went to the abortion clinic and she said what she met outside were christians calling her baby killer hmm. murderer you know and and nobody nobody that was there at the, now I know there's other situations but this is what this woman experienced yeah. nobody was there to say to her hey can I just talk to you for a moment because the signs and everything she felt more compassion in the clinic than she felt outside of the clinic and she said as she left shame and guilt began to overwhelm her. And then again, she was attacked going in and attacked going out. She regrets the decision, but she said the church has got to do this better. She, um, she, you know, she just said, I, I, I wish that I had never done this. And she said, I wish somebody could have been there to put their arm around me and said, this isn't your only option. I want to help you have some other options, but you know, we can't just tell somebody, you can give your baby up for adoption and not be there to help them with the process. And it would seem that the church is against premarital sex, which, you know, we believe that sex should be in covenant. Yeah. Which we agree. You know, and Mm -hmm. if sex is in covenant, then, then you don't have all these problems, but the church is against women getting caught. Mm -hmm. So women will actually experience a lot of shame if they're an unwed mother in the church. Uh, we found that a lot of them, we were looking at the stats, 65% says that they felt the church members judge single women who are pregnant. Shouldn't those be the women that we're celebrating for making a courageous choice yeah. that they said, I'm going to keep a baby, even though I know that this is going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's not what's happening. Yeah. Church members are more likely to gossip yeah. about young single moms mm-hmm. than to help them. And so if you don't change that, why would they think they can come to the church and the church would be a safe place and that their their kids would be welcomed and that somebody would help them if they weren't in a season of raising their children, that somebody could help them find that baby a good home where they would be loved and respected if they hated the mother. You can't say that you love the baby and you hate the mother. That's just not congruent with being Christian. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you just covered so much, which I love. And everything you're saying about not gossiping. I mean, 
we, we take it so firm at our culture here that we've created at Messenger International and with sons and daughters is that we don't gossip. Like we don't, we don't do that. And we don't shame people out of their mistakes. We don't, we don't do any of that. We try to love, we gossip. We just actually have something where we say we gossip well. And, and yeah, I do good. think about, well, what, what would happen if we as a church started gossiping well? Like what mm-hmm. would change the shame going away from people's life where we're not, we're not saying, hey, we're not just saying like, oh, hey, if you did this, uh, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of sweep it under the rug and we're just going to ignore that happened no no it's it's just that we're not going to allow people to live in that shame any longer and there's something that i even saw uh from both perspectives it's from both sides of how both sides can be doing it better where Mm -hmm. you know it's not just like when i I saw everything that happened with new york um i remember i went to the the governor's um i went to his instagram and i saw that there was christians attacking him and and they were just attacking him and, and and you know saying there's no there's no room left for you like your your eternity has been set kind of thing and they've just attacked this man which you know that is doing the opposite of what we are doing and i loved it one preacher wrote out and he said we need to he said look we this is the whole part of he said we have democracy and he said we have the ability to be able to vote these people out and he said so vote them out but he said but you need to pray curse them no he said you need to pray for these people and when we need to think about it you know that's I mean, that's what the Bible talks about is you pray for your enemies rather than going straight to them and attacking, slandering them. I mean, we're not we're not doing any better by doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just it's just and as a church, we need to really step up into this role of, hey, we're not you know, we're not so like, I love what something you say. You said we need to not be known for what we are against, against but what we need we're to for. Be, yeah, what we're for. Can it's, I read you something? Yep. Um, when all this came up, I had a, a, a mother reach out to me and, you know, and in all, in all truth, I have actually forgotten this story, but in 2002, I was in Chicago and this mother said, I was at a women's conference when I told you I was pregnant with my seventh child and I was contemplating abortion. You asked me why are you not married? And I said, yes, I'm married, but I'm struggling with this issue. You were, tr- you were understanding why you were trying to understand why I was leaning in this direction of abortion. I said it was my seventh child. It was because of shame of being ridiculed from people because my husband and I had so many children. You embraced me. So I didn't say, I can't believe you're going to murder your baby. Yeah. You embraced me and reinforced me that this child was a gift from God and had absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. You told me you're going to have this baby and everything is going to be all right. Then you then you took me to the pastor's wife and asked her to get me counseling. Hmm. I had my son because of you, and I will forever be grateful. While everyone stood in line to get pictures wow. and autographs with you, I stood in line for your help, and you helped me. You prayed with me and for me. And his name is Oscar Lee Jackson IV. He is now 16 years old and the joy of my life. He sings and he dances. He's an actor and an evangelist for the Lord. He has dreams and visions and ministers for his generation. And wow. he, he said, and she said, did I mention he's also handsome? I love <laughs> you beyond words. You know, and so one person, one person opening up yeah. to somebody they didn't feel would judge them. And that one person speaking God's life to them. But I didn't just say, be, you know, be at peace and be, be filled. You know, Mm -hmm. I connected her with, with someone who could walk with her on this journey. And because of that, yeah. And because Mm -hmm. of that, there is this thing. And I think we can, I think we can be honest that what we're doing isn't working. What the church is doing right now, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I know that some of that is darkness, but it's not 
the people in the world that are getting abortions. Yeah. There's people in the church getting abortions. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, stats we are have saying, a stat. what is this? Well, we have a stat saying here, four, every four in 10, ten women yeah. are churchgoers. Well, and you would think about that. If that I had two abortions. out of my five, yeah. if we'd had 10 people on this stage, there could have been four. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. you, I mean, you mentioned a statistic. You're saying that yeah, I was reading that if the church girls would stop having abortions, it would cut the abortion industry by more than half. Yeah. And, and part it's of that is they, they don't want to take birth control because they feel like it's premeditated sin. Yeah. So they actually feel so much guilt that they don't protect themselves because they feel like they're enabling bad behavior. And then in some ways, I know this sounds really twisted, but in some ways getting pregnant uh -huh. is a punishment and having an abortion is a further punishment for, yeah. for their sin. Yeah. And so well, we, we've got to, we've got to flip this mindset around. Well, yeah. And I love that though, what you are just talking about, because as we said, this is the whole reason why we're talking about this is because it starts with the church. Mm -hmm. Like if the church started addressing these issues and really talking and, and creating these safe places, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we're knocking out almost half uh, of, of yeah. the people that are actually yeah. getting Four abortions. And, and here's the thing, like we know, uh, we know the value on a life. Like we, we know it's talked about throughout scripture and, and something that even challenged me the other day that has been making me think so much around this is someone talked to me and they were like, well, do you know how in every single person they're made in God's image, which means mm -hmm. in every single person, there is an image of God that are you willing to find? And mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it when you're looking at 60 million abortions happening. I'm like, yeah. there is 60 million images of God that, that well, are contribution, no yeah, contribution, yeah, contribution to society. Yeah. And I mean, it's not it's, just the baby that's lost. A no, mother exactly. becomes a victim. Yeah. The, the birth father becomes a victim. The grandparents, society who are robbed of everything mm -hmm. that was woven in that child of wonder and contribution, it's stripped away. And so, the, the, but the, the, the flip side is, yeah. We, we got to talk to the church yep. because um, I just want to read something because I really spent a lot of time into this, but I wrote in our cry for justice in the face of injustice. Let's remember there are those who, for whatever reason, felt they had no other recourse. And that's yeah. what we want to speak to. We want them to know they have another recourse. Yeah. Shame and fear are hard taskmasters that can drive all of us to do the otherwise unthinkable. Mm -hmm. It's time to heal rather than divide. It's time to support avenues of adoption, which I'm going to tell you foster care. There are so many children in foster care that would love to be adopted, you know, because people are like adoption's too expensive. Well, not through foster care. You actually yeah. get paid to adopt children. So foster care rather than picket abortion clinics. And when I say picket, I'm not talking about the people that are there to love yeah. and tell people that they, we want to help you. We want to support you. We want to be there for you long-term. I'm talking about the people that are there saying, you're a baby murderer. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to confront the spirit of murder in our own hearts yeah. that would cause us to hate people. How they talked about mayors, mm. how they talked about legislators, how they've talked about mothers that have made these choices or women who have made these choices. We cannot hate the people we have to hate, the acts. We yeah, are warned that, that everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And they have no murder has any eternal life abiding in them. So we have to understand that there is a spirit of hatred in our nation, yeah. a spirit of division and a spirit of murder. Mm -hmm. And it comes out in many different ways. People slander one another. People attack one another. People try to destroy one another. And we are not going to give into that because that is no. the accuser of the brethren. We're going to be those who stand in the gap, heal, heal the breaches yeah. and come up with solutions. Yep. Yeah, and it's not it's not dependent on 
It's not dependent on who's the president at the time. It's not dependent on no. the, the bills no. that are passed. It's not yep. dependent on any of it. It's not dependent on what state you live in. I mean, we live in Colorado where abortion, you know, full-term abortion has been legal for some time now. Mm. So they, it doesn't... They just didn't light up monuments and yeah. celebrate, so it didn't, yeah. it didn't hit on the radar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. smile when they're doing it. But yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, we, 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 it doesn't matter, any of that stuff. It matters what the church is going to do. And it's, it's the church has to stop thinking that the uh, policies, everything that's being passed, everything being done um, by the government is the final say-so. Like well, they I mean, need I to, think well, like we, we do, we, you, that's, a, that's one thing we do. Yeah. But we have to support it with love. Well, we exactly, have to support it. Right, absolutely. So we want to do whatever, like whenever God gives us the ability to vote, mm-hmm. we want we should vote. Yeah. Oh, but, but it doesn't stop there. No. Yeah, and I think that's what the mistake is. And then this was a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh my gosh, how'd this happen? Well, it happened because God is very clear that when my people are called by my name, humble themselves, uh, seek my face, and turn from their own wicked ways, yeah. that God will hear from heaven and heal our land. Yeah. And we are so focused on what everybody else isn't doing right. We're so busy pointing out what everybody else's wicked ways are yeah. that we, God's people, because the Bible says when the righteous rule, and we yeah. don't rule by necessarily being elected. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great if you have elected, but you rule in the spirit. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And so we're supposed yeah, to have that. this atmosphere mm-hmm. of pro-life, whether it's refugees whether it's the poor, whether it's the disenfranchised, whether it's women, whether it's men, whether it's young, whether it's old, whether it's women who go to the church or women that are outside of the church, like how we should be loving and welcoming anybody who finds themselves in a crisis situation. And, um, you know, adoption has been a great gift to our family. Yeah. You know, we have, um, we have a beautiful Mm -hmm. niece because uh, a little girl who was 13, found out she was pregnant and went in to have an abortion at six months and she was too far along. And um, because of that, one of our family members was able to welcome a little girl into their life. And, you know, here's the thing. There are so many other options. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's a really important thing to talk about. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about so like from the perspective and the point of view as as sons and daughters as we want to start having these good conversations and start having the right conversation with the right people. Um, how would you foresee navigating those conversations? Because I think oftentimes when we can kind of, uh, I know from my perspective, as you can come in as a as a male perspective and kind of try to give some kind of uh, weight to it or give some, some kind of say to it, you can oftentimes be shut off because uh, you can feel they can you can come across as maybe you're not being in support of women at all, and, and you know yeah. you can you can be like I mean I, I'm all for you can be all for women speakers, you can be all for all these things for mm-hmm. women, uh, but if you are not for abortion, then you're completely against women's rights. It seems like right. And so how do we navigate those conversations when we are uh, trying to have healthy conversations with other sons and daughters or with people that are not? Uh, maybe not walking with God. Well, I think one of the most important things, if we want to have conversations, is is we truly need to have conversations, not win a fight, not win an argument. We don't go into this conversation saying, I'm going to prove you wrong. We're going to actually listen to people. We're going to make them feel heard. Because I know just for my own self, if I have a disagreement with my husband and I can see on his face that he is formulating his answer when I'm actually trying to be heard, (laughs) then it's going to all be lost. So I think that we need to understand why 
why women feel like maybe men don't have a say. Part of that is because most women have to handle that pregnancy on their own. They have to handle that baby on their own. They get no support financially from the birth father's family, Mm -hmm. financially from the birth father. So I think it's 80% of them have no involvement with the father. So they're kind of like, hey, this isn't you. You're not going to be, this isn't going to cost you anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think another thing is we have to say, if we're really for women, is abortion good for women? Does it enhance their life? Does it uh, make them stronger? And they're finding out that there's a lot of, of trauma after abortion. There's actually something that is called post-abortive stress syndrome. It's under the PTSDs that it is a real issue. I had women, so many women, that it broke my heart that said they felt like they'd hollowed out their soul. So many women that said for $500, I gave away my legacy. And I believed a lie. And I do think we have to understand that there are crisis moments in our life, crisis moments when we feel like we are alone and isolated and afraid. We're making huge decisions. You you can't expect people to make good decisions if they don't feel loved and supported. So when we make women feel loved and supported, then they're going to make good decisions. I, uh, one of the, one of the pastors that we used to work with, um, his wife's sister uh, found herself pregnant, and she came home and told her parents, I'm pregnant. And the parents just said, we love you. We love this baby. We're going to figure out what we need to do. They immediately built a wing under their house, wow. put, put a nursery with the daughter's room, and never made her feel shame, helped her, supported her with uh, child care so that she could... Uh, get her college education and she ended up getting married to a guy that was just crazy about adopting this baby girl i've you know i also remember one of your babysitters i mean like we have to understand these are decisions that me one of your babysitters went on a spring break somewhere and came home pregnant (laughs) and when the ministry that she was working for when the leader found out he put his arm around her, stood her up in front of the entire staff and said, she is family. Yeah. She is family and we That's are going amazing. to walk alongside of her. We are going to be there for her. And she, she was just felt so loved and wow. so supported. But I'm telling you what, if she did not know that somebody would have put their arm around her and loved her and said, no one will talk bad about her. We're going to celebrate her courage in this situation. And then she ended up getting married a couple of years later and continuing to build her family. And so there's, there's beautiful things that can happen when people know they are loved, that they're supported, that they're not judged, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we have to, we have to understand that the women find themselves in a very frightening experiencing, you know, as, as a, as a woman to think that it would be easier to abort a baby than experience the gossip and shame. That's, that's really, that's really terrifying. And um, I found this, and I don't mean this mean, but when people in the church are mean, they seem like they're way meaner because it's like they attach the God thing to it and it it manipulates and spins things in such a way that people feel overwhelmed with shame. I know that when I was a pastor's wife on staff, there were two pastor's wives that had had abortions that were there on staff with me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common. Well, yeah, no. And it's, 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 um, it really hits you that those are the two options. Like, like what you're just saying Mm -hmm. is it's either go through with the abortion or live with the shame. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I mean, that, that, that hits me deep. Just knowing those are, those are the two options. So if you are someone or have a friend that's considering an abortion, um, what, what, what should you do? 
Well, first and foremost, I think you need to tell your friend that you love them yeah. and you're going to come around them and you're going to get them whatever help they need, mm -hmm. whatever help they need. And then there are organ tons of organizations. I, mm -hmm. There's one, and we can actually put this on as a link in the podcast, but there's one I did a fundraiser for in Dallas. Um, I think it's um, Grace or something, but we'll get the information on it. Yeah. But outside of Colorado, you can go to something called Visit CareNet. So there's CareNet where you can find out actually, you know, how to get how to get help, how to get support. Yeah. And then inside Colorado, mm -hmm. there is uh, youhavealternatives.org yeah. as well as as, you know the pro-life movement, mm. so they yeah, have and they provide, S yeah. yeah STT testing, uh -huh. post-abortion counseling. So they're not just like, oh, we'll only love you if you keep your baby, but they're going to actually be there, you know, to help you navigate some different things and pregnancy options. Yeah, and you know, if if you're a Christian and you've had an abortion, we have to understand, yeah, it's not like it's not like it's the unpardonable sin. Yeah, nope. And I'm gonna, you know, Jesus has already forgiven you, mm -hmm. but the big challenge is, can you forgive yourself? Yeah. Can you forgive yourself, especially in a climate like this, to be able to forgive yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus always says, "I do not condemn you." That's that's the Jesus. He's the same yeah. yesterday, today, and yeah. forever. Uh -huh. And then he adds this vote of confidence: "Go and sin no more." He yeah. doesn't say. I condemn you. You're never going to change. Yeah. You were a murderer, an abortion. You this were, is a, your story. You, yeah. You were a seduct. Whatever. He never labels us according to what we've done. He invites us to leave a life in the shadows and to move into a time of light. So he says, "Go and sin no more." And then he, but he didn't stop there. He said, "I am the light in the world. I am yeah. the light of the world." And you know, you experience darkness. I know you. You might even have nightmares. But yeah. Jesus is saying, "You don't have to live in that shadow anymore. I don't condemn you." And he, He's also saying, now you can leave this place of darkness and shame and you can move into the light of life. And that is what he's always saying to us because yeah. he wants us to live our lives at the best. And none of us were ever created to shed innocent blood. None of us were ever created to live under constant shame. None of us were ever created to live conflicted as a yeah. woman, that we are a giver of life and a taker of life. That's mm -hmm. a very hard thing for a woman to carry inside of her. And I've had so many women that told me they've had abortions 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and never been able to totally forgive themselves. Yeah. You don't have to punish yourself anymore. No. You don't have to wear that shame. You don't have to pay for what you did. You can't. You yeah. can't. You need to just give it to Jesus and rise up from that place and move forward. And I would also challenge you to redeem it. I love how David says, cleanse me and I'll be clean. But he didn't stop there. He said, then will I show transgressors your ways. You have a story to tell. You can redeem what you went through. You can share it with other women who maybe feel isolated and alone in shame, or you can help girls that are making these horrible decisions, frightened and isolated. You can come alongside them and help them to make a decision for life. Yeah. Yeah. In a practical way, just for you as sons and daughters, just being able to help out, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're married, I mean, I would, I would encourage you guys to, to talk about, you know, maybe adopting a kid. And if you're single, uh, you know, obviously you can't adopt a kid, but you can go and volunteer, uh, really help out, yeah. um, these areas that are trying to, you know, be yeah. there for these women. Yeah, and, and then also, yeah, make sure you're, yeah. you're working with your local church, uh, to create safe environments environments that are not not going to be shameful environments where these and provide for single moms yeah provide yeah. for single moms yeah. yeah i agree well hey guys i hope you guys got something out of this conversation today i know i have and mom i can't i can't even stress how much i appreciate you talking about this so i know it's a 
bigger topic and a harder topic than one podcast. Yeah. Way, yeah, way bigger. And, and I mean, seriously, I've, I've been challenged by it and I really appreciate it. And it's very, very close to our heart. And so, um, if you guys are enjoying the show, please make sure to subscribe. So you do not miss an episode. As we said, we're the pretty fairly new. So we'd love you guys to leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys. Give us your feedback. Um, also, if you guys uh, want to share a testimony, we would love to hear yeah. from you. We'd love to hear. It's not a place of shame. Like we talked about. Yeah, and maybe you have ideas that we didn't think of. We yeah. would love to hear from you. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear about uh, new topics that we can share. Um, and share topics that you guys would love to hear from us to talk about. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And until next time. Bye.